It's good to be here. I love this worship. How can you people be so calm? How can you be so calm with that? That young guy, Doug, there you are. You look, listen, when we lived in Ohio, we lived on Brace Avenue, and our next-door neighbor's name was Billy Bob. Kid you not. He had a pet python that he'd walk down the sidewalk at times. He was as weird as the day is long. But I'm not implying that with you, but you could be his twin brother (laughs) as far as looks. So I was standing over there imagining what it would have looked like Billy Bob being born again, spirit-filled, leading worship. And I finally got my answer. You have a real anointing on you. Don't listen. Whatever you have to do to keep that, be willing to do that. I'm serious. That that is awesome. Uh, you know, the last every time I come here, there's someone new up here, and uh, everyone's always been that way. You're all just very anointed. I want to encourage you to keep that up. You know, keep on keeping on because. I started to say a moment ago, um, since we've been living in Florida, we've been attending this, uh, this particular church. And um, we made last Sunday our last Sunday because I just couldn't take it no more. And, um, and I texted the pastor uh, Monday morning last week and uh, told him, I said, Addison, I just can't do this. It's, that is a doornail. And, uh, and they won it. That's what, that was the problem. They just did not want to advance. They didn't want to go any further in the things of God. And, you know, that's their prerogative. We, on the other hand, want to. And so we just, um, we left. And um, I believe we're in that day where, listen, it's not just about if you're getting your, your spirit man fed. It's, it's about coming together corporately. And I'm telling you, there is power in that, when you come together corporately in the, in the atmosphere of anointed of praise and worship, that, that brings the atmosphere of home, you know, where we're all heading back to. That brings the atmosphere of heaven, and that's what you want. That's what you want, seriously, because anything can happen in that, in that kind of an atmosphere. Amen. And um, so don't forget that. And uh, Laura, I thought your son there was in college already. He's home for a vacation. Oh, okay. Didn't he just go? (laughs) These kids that go to school like uh, uh, Friday and they're on a a break come Monday. It's just that wasn't the case when I was going to school. And anyway, it's good to be with you guys. And um, we do live in Vero Beach right now. And um, I, I don't know what we'll do because I'm not, I'm not going through this every year with this hurricane stuff, um, having to pack up and keep a survival kit at hand all times and all of that kind of thing. You should have, if you were short for entertainment, you would have wanted to have been with me a few days ago watching me close our hurricane shutters. <laughs> it was a mess. Anyway... But we do live right, uh, practically right on the ocean in Vero Beach. And we're praying and believing that when we do go home, there'll be a home to go home to. And, um, and I've never seen more hurricane experts 
than what I have in the past three days. I mean hurricane experts. There ain't no need to turn to any newscast because everybody around you is an expert on what to do, where to go, and how to, uh, you know, stand out. Go with me in your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 4. The book of Acts chapter 4. I love that song that you... I love that song that you I loved all of them, but that one song in particular, um, uh, or it might not have been a song. It was something you said that in Master's Commission, you no longer, I'm going to butcher it up, uh, but you no longer are like looking for a move of God. You, you are one. And that is huge. That is huge because you guys know as well as I know that there are always, there seems to be always someone that's looking for the next breakout or the next big revival or something along that line. And, and I tell people every time, everywhere we go, instead of looking for a move of God, why don't you just choose to become one? And I have a feeling that everybody here in the room this morning would not mind becoming a move of God in shoes. I mean, look at you. You can tell it's written all over you. You want to be a move of God. Amen. I do. I want to be a move of God. I try to be a move of God everywhere I go. And, and it, it's, you know, it keeps the boredom out of your walk with Jesus. It keeps, thing, it keeps everything cutting edge. It keeps things motivated. It keeps things uh, exciting. And there's nothing wrong with that. You want to become a move of God. The greatest revival that's coming to the United States of America, I believe, has already been activated in a sense. Because it's, it, what's happening is men and women, just like ourselves, are waking up and they are becoming a move of God in shoes. And, and so when that takes place... They're manifesting the kingdom of God everywhere they go. And I cannot tell you how many cashiers at Walmart and, and servers at Ruby Tuesdays and uh, other places that we may go out and uh, eat or whatever it is. But out in life, people that we have just, like for example, a restaurant the other day, we were getting ready to eat our food. And before we did, I said to someone, well, we're going to pray for our food while we're doing that. Is there anything in your life you would like for us to pray about? And so she proceeded to tell us. And, um, and then I, we do that a lot. And you get different responses from people. But the bottom line is you become Jesus with skin on. And you become a representative or, you know, to represent Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. It's not difficult. All you need to do is open your mouth. Sometimes you don't even have to do that. Sometimes people can tell that you've been with the Lord. And that just sort of works its way out of you, through you, and onto them. And that's always, that's always I'm going to get it out, exciting. Acts chapter 1, there was a promise made that the Holy Spirit was coming. Jesus told everybody, it's necessary that I go back home to heaven. Because if I don't, Holy Spirit isn't coming. And you're going to need him. Up until then, Jesus was only able to be in one place at a time. He was here, 
He was there. He was there. He was over here. But that wasn't the plan. The plan was that he could be everywhere all the time at the same time. And the way he's chose to do that is by via the Holy Spirit entering into your heart and into your life, you carry him everywhere you go. And then when you have millions of believers, millions of believers representing Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world, things get exciting and stuff starts happening. So he promised them in Acts chapter 1, I'm going to heaven. Someone asks, how, do you, how, how will we know you've got there? He'll say, well, you'll know when the, comforter, when the Holy Spirit arrives. You guys know the story. I'm paraphrasing quite a bit. But he lets them know, listen, you'll know that I went back to the Father when the day of Pentecost takes place and the Holy Spirit comes. How will the Holy Spirit come? How will we know he's here? You'll know it. How does a church know that the Holy Spirit is in their midst? You'll know it. And so you see the promise in Acts chapter 1. Go on ahead. In Acts chapter 2, there it is. As we say down south, proof's in the pudding. Right there it is. Acts chapter 2, Holy Ghost has come. They're in the upper room. I do believe, I'm not a theologian, but I do believe, according to that, 500 people were invited to that gathering. And all they were told to do was wait. Just wait. Waiting is hard. Waiting is hard. It's boring. I don't like to wait. Nonetheless, I have to wait. And that's the only rule, that's the only set of instructions that they were given. In order for you to receive Holy Spirit, in a way, on a level that will revolutionize your entire life and thrust you from being a pew warmer to a world changer, all you need to do, wait. 500 people were invited to the party. I don't know how long they had to wait uh, right offhand, but according to the word of God, when the day of Pentecost had come, 120 were the, only, were the only ones still found waiting. Help me with the math. 380 got tired of waiting, got bored. I don't know what else was on their to-do list, but they left. And they didn't get to partake of what took place that day in the upper room. What took place that day in the upper room is what I hope and pray to God will happen once again in every home group, every home, every church across the United States of America. A sound from heaven came and it filled the whole house where they were all gathered together. There were cloven tongues of fire that set upon everybody that was there in the waiting and they all began to speak with other tongues and that was just the beginning what happened was they became endued if you will with power from on high this just isn't any kind of power this isn't a power that one would get from witchcraft or from satanism or anything like that this wasn't a power that somebody would get from any other source this was a power that came right fresh from the throne room of God Almighty himself, the creator of the universe and everyone in it. 
That's power. The power that God had when he didn't even have to lift a finger or say anything. All he had to do was think something and it would be. The power that God had when he spoke the world into existence. That's, that's power. The power that Jesus had as the Son of God when he was walking the earth and he was calming hurricane-type storms. He was speaking to dead people and they were coming alive and walking out of their grave. God let that happen again. And he was, he was feeding the hungry where there was no groceries or not enough to hardly feed a few people and he's here feeding thousands. That's power. I think of every miracle that Jesus did in the New Testament that it records, the one I think that impresses me the most, hands down, would have to be raising Lazarus from the dead. That's pretty awesome. Pretty intense. When's the last time you raised a dead person? Now, I've been around some crazy people who would go to a funeral, and they weren't with me, but... I, I knew what they were up to. And they were up there, and then they were getting frustrated because the person in the casket wasn't opening their eyes and getting up. So they kicked into plan B. It was entertaining at best, but they had plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D, I think, because they were just trying everything known to mankind to get it to work. And I don't think anymore that raising the person from the dead was the issue. I think they were embarrassed, and they wanted to... You know, they were looking for the escape door, how to get out of that moment in a um, respectable way. You know what? I told that group, listen, don't be embarrassed. All you're doing is practicing. Practice. I've spoke to storms. Somebody uh, uh, texted me the other day and says, if you've got all that kind of faith, why don't you get outside and, and rebuke this hurricane and make it leave? And I texted back and said, why don't you just go mind your own business? You know, it, 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 you know what I'm saying? You, we want power, but we want the power that comes from God. You don't want to twist God's arm. You don't want to try to manipulate God into doing anything because it's not going to work. But I will say this. He does honor your faith. He does honor your faith. When it's all said and done, don't leave this world separated from your faith. Always keep your faith and always keep your faith in God. Why? Because with him, all things still are possible. Can I get an amen? amen. Acts chapter one, the promise was made. Acts chapter two, there it was. Proofed. Holy Spirit shows up. Acts chapter 3, and I think I've shared this before here. Acts chapter 3, here's um, some men on their way to the prayer meeting. You all know the story. They're, you know, they're going to the prayer meeting, and they come across a man laying there by the entrance to the temple who's laying there on the floor or on the ground begging and asking for alms, money. And I think it was Peter that says something to the effect Silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have I give unto thee. In the, and he takes him by the hand and he says, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. That layman had to have been laying there, I don't know for how long, every time they walked into that temple. But there's no recording of any interaction. What made this day stand out and seem more special than all the other times? I believe it was because Peter and John were in possession of something that they had not been in possession of before. And that was the power of the Holy Spirit. 
How do we know that? Because Peter, the Bible says, fastened his eyes upon them. And we've demonstrated this before. Uh, David, help me out again just real quick, would you? When you get filled with the Holy Ghost, and, and where I want to go with you this morning is this. All of you that, are, that, that have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you don't have to raise your hand. But for all of you Holy Ghosters that are here this morning, I've just come to remind you that you are allowed multiple Feelings of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to settle for just that one occasion when you got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Can I get a witness? You are allowed, just as your car is allowed to go up to a filling station and you open the lid and you put fresh oil, in, or, or, well, fresh oil too, but fresh fuel in that gas tank, you're allowed to go up to God. You're allowed to go up to God. You're allowed to go up to God and let him pop your lid and let him give you a fresh dose of the Holy Ghost. And if you're going to do something, come on up here for a minute, Zach. If you're going to do something for God, if you're going to do something for God that you've never done before, you're going to need something from God that you haven't had before. And even if you do have it, we're in an era right now, we're in a season right now where that old anointing you've been so proud of will not suffice you in the day that we're in right now. Can I get an amen? You need a fresh filling of the Holy Ghost. You need an oil change. You need an oil change. So here's, uh, well, let's just do this real quick. Come help me out there. You there, yeah, you, yeah, there you go. You're, you're there, both of you. Yeah, so um, uh, go up there and lay down, would you? All right. You, be, no, you get up there, preacher. You get up. Okay, there you go. Lay down. So... This man's been laying there for days, for weeks. I don't know. My goodness, he might have been laying there for months. I don't know. But he's begging. He's asking for money. These two have just come out of the upper room. These two went in born again. But they came out still born again and filled with the Holy Ghost. Woohoo! Woo! Filled to the brim and running over. None of this little bit stuff. You know, I like it when people want in way over their head. Why? Because when you get into something that's way over your head, you lose all of your ability to control it. Thank you, Zach. You lose all of your ability to control it. So which means you have to be more reliant, more dependent upon God. So here these two are. Come on over here. And they're walking into the temple. you got to understand they are full of the Holy Ghost. So now when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, I'm telling you, you'll see things you've never seen before. Come on. You'll see things where you, you'll, you'll hear things that you've never heard before. Holy Spirit rises up in you and you start discerning things that you've never, that you never even stuck out to you before. Why? Because something on the inside is just taking control of you. And now they walk upon the layman and he's begging. Beg. There you go. 
Do it like you're really broke, though. Okay? I need money. <laughs> so he's begging. I do not have a lot of money. But I've got something else. But I got something else. Can we just preach a little bit? I don't have a whole lot of money. I don't have a whole lot of money. But I've got something better. But I got something better. I've got something that's gonna cure you. I got something that's gonna cure you. Heal you. Heal you. Raise you. Raise you. Revolutionize you. Revolutionize. And I am a carrier of it. I am a carrier. I have been apprehended. I have been apprehended. By God's Holy Spirit. By God's Holy Spirit. I cannot. to you. There you go. See, this should not be reserved for people on the price is right. This should be in every church because you've got something better than a new car. You've got something better than, better than a free trip to some resort somewhere. You've got something that makes you a highly contagious child of God something that enables you, something that empowers you to do extraordinary things throughout your day, throughout your week, your month, your year, your life. Woo! Now we're going to go on a little further. As awesome and as wonderful as that is, and it is, wouldn't you agree? As wonderful as it is, it got them in trouble. <laughs> they were arrested, thrown in jail. But what really eats your lunch the most is the instigators were the church folk, religious leaders. 
religion. Religion. Religion has drove in many places. It has drove relationship with Christ right out the door. And in its place, it has set up shop. It's called religion. I think it's a demon. I think it's right out of hell. Religion gets a hold of people. It, it gets a hold of churches. It can get a hold of an entire denomination. And its twin brother is a political spirit. And they're nasty. And they reared their nasty little heads against these great men of God who had just had an upper room experience. Nobody else had raised that lame man. Nobody else had, had taken the time to speak with him and minister God and God's power to him. But these two did. And it got him in trouble. Today, I've got to tell you, when you really make up your mind and you decide to be a real, I'm not talking, come on, let's get serious. I'm not talking about being, being a kooky weirdo. They're everywhere. They're in every move of God. I, you know what? The, lighter, the, the brighter the light, the more bugs it attracts. It's just a given. But God wants them. He loves them. He's got it. He, he wants to pour himself into everyone. But I'm not talking about acting like, you know what, but I'm talking about just normal people who, who got apprehended by God and became filled with the Holy Spirit. And it did change their behavior. It changed the way they lived their life. And it got them in trouble. Stare at me. If you choose to get a new oil change, I'm not talking about coming up to the altar and somebody lathering you up with the lily of the valley scented oil and you getting some goosebumps. I'm not talking about that. That is not a move of God. I'm talking about an oil change. When, when, when God pulls the oil plug in your life and drains out that old stagnant, repugnant stuff, and then plugs it back up and fills you with fresh oil from his throne that just changes you from the inside out. And you're once again reminded this is what Jesus died for.
Not just to give the world a ticket into heaven. If you choose to get an oil change and you receive one, it's going. It's going. It's going to manifest some way, somehow in your life. And when it does, be prepared for people to laugh at you, talk about you, poke fun of you. And I hope you don't wind up in jail. I don't think you will, but you know, who am I? There's always a chance, I guess. But it, it doesn't matter. Now, those of you that know me, that know any of my history, then you know the whole story, and I'm not, gonna, I'm not even gonna go there, but where I was falsely accused of committing what I would consider the most heinous crime anyone could be accused of committing so bad that I was arrested shackled, fettered, handcuffed, and thrown in jail. And from midnight to 5.30 in the morning was, was being interrogated by detectives, one who would blindfold me, and the other one would start laughing and say, call on God now, we want you to pray out loud, and we want to see if he really comes and rescues you, stuff like that. And then go through the, one of the darkest nights in your life that lasts more than two years until you go to trial. And then you're, you're tried in the court. Clearly I was acquitted or I wouldn't be here today. But there's something to be said. My wife and I were talking about this in the car on the way here this morning. You do not hear people teach or preach about this. But it goes with getting a fresh oil change. There are times God will break you. Brokenness. Now, God didn't do that to me. But he certainly allowed it. And he used it for his glory and I've got to tell you, I remember clearly God saying to me during all of that, your success in ministry will depend largely upon your willingness to embrace brokenness and remain hidden in me. Whereas many... And I was no different. You want to be known. There's that part of your old nature. You want to be popular. You want to be famous. You want, you, you want the praises and the accolades of men. You want the private jets. You want all the stuff. And sometimes you have to be okay with being hidden. 
But I can tell you this. I would rather be hidden and unknown and unpopular and anointed to present Jesus to someone one-on-one out in a cow pasture somewhere as opposed to standing in a coliseum preaching to thousands upon thousands. And sometimes brokenness looks different on everyone. But I got to tell you, I heard the Lord say to me this morning while you were worshiping. He said, will you still be willing to remain one of my cracked pots? I said, yes. He said, I'm not looking for vessels without flaws. I'm not looking for vessels without cracks. The cracks mean something. They mean you've been broken. They mean that you've been through something. But you're not dead. You're still alive. You're still breathing. You're still worshiping. You're still loving on Jesus. And I'm telling you today, he wants to give every one of you a door prize for coming to church this morning. He wants to give you an oil change. An oil change. One that will leave you forever changed. One that will touch your life to the very core. And see, this is what I've been trying to get across to the one church I was referring to earlier down in Florida. But they, they opted out. They didn't want that. Well, God still has his hand on them. He still loves them. But... No danger of them going any further because they chose not to. Who in the room today, secretly, privately, is saying to themselves, I don't, I'm not really into all of that. I just you know, I want to be a good Christian, go to church, put in my time and smile and cologne it up, perfume it up, gel it up, spray it up, dress it up, and make everybody think everything's okay with me. Listen, nobody needs to think that everything's okay with you because anyone here this morning in their right God-blessed mind knows there is an issue with every person in the building today. The Waltons had issues. Watch that show. They go to that Baptist church every now and then where Reverend Fordwick is the pastor. And there's always dysfunction in those meetings. And you know what I'm saying? Then, if you, if you're, you may not know who I'm talking about, younger ones, but you know what I'm saying. Listen, this isn't about achieving flawlessness or perfection. All I'm asking is, are there people here this morning that are ready? To go deeper than you've ever been. To go higher than you've ever been. To go further than you've ever been. And to let him touch you in a way that will blow your mind. Don't, if you're one of these, don't try right now. I can smell it. 
Don't sit there and try to wrap your brain cells around what I'm saying. Give your brain a holiday for the next five minutes. And just let your spirit man soar for a little bit here. God wants to give you a fresh oil change. Dee Dee and I were home in Ohio visiting our kids and Grandy's here several months ago. And here was a, I thought I'd get the oil changed in our car before heading back to Florida. So here was a little booth out in the parking lot advertising oil changes for $19.99. Uh, you know, you go to these quick in, quick out places to get your oil changed. They all say $19.99, and you never leave without blowing 80 bucks. So but you, you don't. Because, oh, did you know that you need to replace this? And no, I didn't. Oh, you know, you could get out there and something could happen. You know, so you wanted a new one, you know. So when we pulled up, I asked the young man, I said, is it true? He said, is what true? I said, is it true that you're offering Real, you're offering an oil change for $19.99. Well, yes, it's true. I said, is it real oil? <laughs> well, yes, it's real oil. I said, is it fresh real oil? He said, well, what are you getting at? I said, I'm getting at that everybody else around you advertises the same thing, but you know that you never pull out for just $19.99. He says, I assure you, I will change your oil with top-of-the-line quality oil for $19.99. If I find something else needs to be addressed, I will bring it to your attention, but I will not endeavor to try to get you to have that service done if you do not want to. I said, okay. Go ahead. Give me an oil change. <laughs> And it's just like God. And you're asking, okay, how much will this cost me? Who cares? Amen. Who cares? Amen. Who cares how much it will cost you? I, I was thinking this morning, having a coffee at the Snyder's house, that, and you've got that vanilla stuff, and I don't like it, but I couldn't find it. <laughs> anyway, I was thinking to myself this morning, while having me a coffee, I thought to myself, wow, how long has Kim and Connie Snyder been at this church, I wonder? And then my mind started going back to previous times that we've been here. And I thought to myself, wow. And then I told Dee, Dee I said, you know what? Kim and Connie Snyder and Larry and Candy Bogenreath, because they're still pastoring that same church. I said, I told Dee, Dee I says, Kim and Connie Snyder and Larry and Candy have got to be the most real, genuine, authentic pastors that I've ever met. Because when they came here, I know it had to cost them something. But then there's that question. Who cares? When you know that you know that you know 
that you're in God? God goes ahead and sees the whole thing. He sees the finished product, if you will. And, and it's amazing. See, most people I know of just would not, would not agree. They would not withstand the stresses and the pressures. Because pastoring is not fun all the time. It is some. But it, there, it's hard in the sense because you always have people. If it weren't for the people. <laughs> I told that to my wife not long ago. I said, it would be awesome. Ministry would just be amazing. If it weren't for the people that want to just drain you like a leech. I says, if it weren't for, wow. Okay. I was preaching Sunday morning about a month ago, and some guy doesn't really raise his hand. He just gets up, walks up the middle aisle to me, and holds his hand out and says, I want to say something. I'm like, on what planet do you do this? I would never do this. I would wait. But I gave him the mic. And he, in five minutes, undid everything I tried to accomplish in my message in 45 minutes. He unraveled it. And then after the meeting was over, he comes up to me, and there's that shake hand, hug neck thing, and you know it's fake. And he comes up to me, wants to shake my hand and hug my neck, and I'm not wanting that. I want to shake his neck <laughs> and hold his hand, hug it really hard. And he says to me, love you, brother, with a smirk on his face, because he knew he did a naughty he knew he did a naughty, and he knew I wouldn't call him on it in front of everyone. So I, I, I did the right thing. I hugged his neck, sort of, and shook his hand, sort of, and he turns around to leave, and I say, wait a minute. Is, oh, is there something you need? I said, yes. I would not be a good friend to you if I let you leave here thinking that you're a bag of chips and a two-liter to boot. Listen, what you did this morning was wrong. You were nasty. You were hateful. And you said things that really hurt. Putting all of that aside, do you not want God to touch your life and heart in a way that leaves you so impacted that those moments just are no longer there? You become a nice person. And he looks at me and says, I'm not really interested. 
I've been this way this long. It'll serve me well for the rest of whatever, however long I'm here. I'm like, oh my God. I said, you have just redefined pathetic. <laughs> so I'm like, and he's part of the group that just, they, they don't want to advance. They want to go on. So you no, know, no, no. If they call you, any of you, to come down there and pastor them, don't do that. <laughs> we don't have time for that. We don't. I asked Kim and Connie yesterday morning, and I'll not forget the look on their face when I said it. I said, do you two believe in the rapture? You know, because we're surrounded by people who don't believe in hardly anything that we all used to believe in anymore. And they, and they excuse it by, well, we've, we've learned better. I don't want to learn better. If it means forsaking what the word of God truly actually says. Amen. I don't want to learn better. I don't want to have stagnant oil in my vessel. If it means missing the greatest, most epic move of the Holy Spirit that's ever hit this globe. I want a fresh oil change. I got one last week, but that was then. This is a new week. Happy September 1st, everyone. Listen, this is a new week. This is a new month. And I, I want... I want something fresh. I, and tomorrow I'll be wanting again something fresh. Am I communicating to anybody? I cannot get enough of him. Come on. I cannot get enough of him or his presence. Seriously, I would rather die than to live without his presence. Fresh oil. Lita, Laura's mom, I pray for you every day. And clearly, the prayers of God's Holy Ghosters are working. And they're going to continue to work. Inside of you is a well. A well that in several ways remains untapped. You carry the wisdom of the King of Glory. You, you possess something that must be drawn out of you and released even more into God's people. So if you don't have a platform to do that yet, I pray that God will give you one because there's stuff inside of you and you already know this, that you have no right taking it back home with you. Hallelujah. You were put here for a purpose, and I believe those purposes are divine, and I am a firm believer that God pours out his best in all of us in ways and at times that we think we've seen it all. Does that make sense? There is a significant anointing 
on you, Zacchaeus. And my prayer for you is that you never, ever have to climb a tree to encounter him. My prayer for you is that you never have to climb a tree to get an experience with Jesus Christ. I pray that you remain a movement of God in shoes with a ball cap on and a cross around your neck. I pray that you become contagious everywhere you go. David, you are, you have been divinely promoted since I was here last. God has promoted you. He's pulling the plugs out from you. There's going to be more demanded of you. And I'm not talking from people. He's going to require more closet time with you because he's increasing the level of anointing that's inside of you. You are not a follower. You are a leader. And he's going, whoa, hey. Excuse me. He, whoa. Hmm. He's upping your assignment. And it's more. Well, hey, it's more than the school. There's an assignment on your life to impact this world. And God's enabling you to do this, but he's going to increase this from what I'm seeing in the spirit. He's going to increase it right from here. It's like here is a in the spirit realm of God. This place is a headquarters. People in other countries and other nations. Oh, goodness, Lord. Oh, help me, Jesus. Ooh. I may never be back here. I may never be asked to preach here again, but I got to say this. There's been some tongue waggling about you. Watch out. Touch not my anointed. Do my prophets no harm. And that means with your big, long tongue, just as well as with your hands. I'd be afraid. Sometimes our enemies are not without. They're within. Nothing major, nothing serious, just, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Tell you what, a long tongue can stop a move of God quicker than I know what, but things have changed, things have shifted. God is moving. And it just isn't about people at the church we were attending in Florida. They didn't like the style of the praise and the worship because no longer were they doing the three hymns and prayer requests, that kind of thing. And, and I, I get it. I admit it, too. I, I'm not a real lover of songs that I don't have words to. And, and I don't know the tune or anything. But I've learned over time to just... When I'm in a moment like that, I just create my own song and I sing it to the Lord while I'm standing there. Because after all, that's not like they're worshiping me, so I don't have to like it. It's for God and I happen to know he loves it. So it's stuff like that. Listen, oh, 
You're being, you're being commissioned for something very significant. And I, I, I know nothing. I have not talked with um, your mom and dad about you other than asked how many kids you guys have now. And they told me five, and I said, wow. And um, that's been it, basically. But listen, God's not done with this place. When I walk in the door, ooh, ooh. I thought, thank you, God. A place where I can feel his presence in the lobby. So don't lose that. Who, who here today? What's your name? You. Billy Bob's neighbor. Yeah, you. What's your name? Joey? Yeah, come on up here and sit beside David. God wants to give you an oil change this morning. He's not going to wait for you to get home and do it. Yeah. Wow. All of you, new, you're new to the school? All three of you guys? Yeah, come on up and sit by Joey. Quick. Did you guys know you were getting an oil change today? Oh. Okay. So, Lord, here they are. My prayer is that you'll just ruin them for the ordinary. Just pull the plug and drain. Can you give me some throne room music? Pull the plug, Jesus, and drain out the old stagnant stuff. And then replug it. God, and then fill them with fresh oil. Fresh oil. A fresh anointing. A new anointing on their life. And Father, how, how fitting that here they are, first time in Master's Commission, first day, first week, and it's kind of like a new beginning, a fresh start. And God, I just pray right now, just ruin this guy. And I mean that in a good way. Lord, just ruin this guy. So to the point where he can't even describe what he's feeling, what he's experiencing. All he knows that it's you, Jesus. It's you. It's you. It's you. Do you sing? Yes. Yeah. Here, stand up. Sing something. Together and we fly away. 
May I have this dance?
to raise the dead. Lord, use me in a mighty way for your glory. It's for your glory, God, that I want it to be for. I want to bring you the glory and you the honor because nobody has done for me what you have done for me. And if you do nothing else for me, I owe you my life and the rest of my lifetime to give you the praise and the worship because you are a mighty God. You have done mighty God things in me. Lord, whether it's standing here today, tomorrow, whenever, wherever, I give you the space. I give you my permission to do a deep work in me. Show me where I have fallen. Lord, show me whatever might be in my way so that I can get that under your blood. Lord, I close all access to the enemy. I will give him no space in my life knowingly or unknowingly I will give him no space in my life I want to be filled with you and overflowing so Jesus do it and do it now you can start that process right now now I want you to find somebody near you in front of you behind you and don't just pray a nice little poem. Oh, Lord, touch us. No, pray over that person. Minister to that person. Declare and decree what God says about that person. Go for it right now in the name of Jesus.